following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Michael Graff Show. Hello, how come I rich and you not? How come you not sell real estate like I do? How come I sleep with your wife while you at work and then I pee in your toilet and don't flush? And sometimes I open the back part and I pee in there so that when you flush, pee come out. You know why? Because I'm smart. I'm smart, you stupid. Michael Graff. We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. Okay, okay, let's try to watch the language. There's children present, huh? That's right. One in ten support D's nuts for present. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Hey, that's just a regular unattractive guy who's not famous. If it's a legitimate rape, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. And you're an idiot. Ah! At the tone, the time will be 26 Railroad. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Oh, that's what gay is? Oh, yeah, I could totally get into that. The following program is in the hands of a guy whose professional and personal lives are about as depressing as the idea of Donald Trump with access to the nuclear codes. From his exile in the urban desert, it's the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. When I was in elementary school, I remember social studies very well. I think a lot of you remember social studies. For some of you, it was a dreaded period of the day, a dreaded portion of your academic career. I actually kind of liked social studies, but again, I'm weird, as you know from listening to this show. But I just remember in social studies, we talked about what it was to become the president of the United States, what you had to go through. And it sounded pretty daunting. Among other things, when you're 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, just the idea of having to be 35 years old to become the president, that just sounds so old. It sounds like it's an eternity away. And then, of course, you had to obviously get very good grades, go to college, have to be a good person on the straight and narrow, so to speak get involved in politics there's a lot of things you have to do and there's just an overwhelming amount of hurdles that you have to climb over to become the president of the united states and little did i know at the age of 10 or 11 or 12 that one of the other big things you had to do once you become president was challenge your secretary of state to an iq test we're also going to race around the white house first person back here wins they're not a moron. You're a moron. No, you're a moron. No, whatever. It's fine. We're going to have an IQ test. Quite frankly, you're going to find out that I am the smartest president. I have the highest IQ of any president ever. Quite frankly, it's just, it's massive. Probably, if you added up the IQs of the last five presidents, I'm pretty sure that I'd beat them all with half my brain tied behind my back. So that's, that's actually something that happened. Yes, Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, called Donald Trump, our president, a moron. Our president retorts very in a very mature fashion, as you would expect him to do, because that is his track record. He, he rebuts with, well, we'll see. We'll see who's smarter. We'll have an IQ test. We'll have a race around the world. <laughs> that's what we'll do. That's what, we'll have a race around the world. First private jet to get back here to Dulles Airport wins. So there you go. 
That is our president. Boy, oh boy. So we have a lot of stuff, obviously, to get into on the show. Uh, welcome in the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. It's Wednesday, October the 11th, 2017. Groffshow at gmail.com is our email address. It's groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groff on Twitter. The Michael Groff Show on Facebook. And for everything else Michael Groff related, the one and only michaelgroff.com. While you're there, you can always... Uh, Listen to previous editions of this show and subscribe so that when we post brand new shows, you'll get the notifications. And of course, you can donate to this program because the very idea of listening to this show without contributing to it monetarily and helping us out just makes you feel empty inside, doesn't it? So go ahead and do that. Uh, donate to us at michaelgroff.com or of course, just via PayPal, groffshow at gmail.com is the PayPal address. The other night, Monday night, I'm out at a local establishment with one of my friends we're watching Monday Night Football, Bears, Vikings. He's a Bears fan. I'm a Vikings fan. And we should have had some pretty spirited banter back and forth, uh, except for the fact that both teams are terrible. And we were each talking about the, the team that we are a fan of and how terrible it is. I was talking down how bad the Vikings are. He's telling me how bad the Bears are. And quite frankly, they are both pretty terrible. Uh, I, I believe the word I used Monday night was mediocre, but that's pretty generous for both the Bears and the Vikings, quite frankly. Uh, Sam Bradford is just awful. Uh, the score was 3-2 to two at halftime. An NFL game. Week 5 of the NFL season, a 3-2 to two halftime score. That should tell you exactly what was going on there. And no, it was not because both defenses were stellar. Um, it was a combination of really bad offense and terrible officiating. Maybe... And I know I'm going to sound like Trump here, but maybe, quite frankly, one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. But it really was. That was, there were more penalties. There was probably three times as many penalties as points in the first half. There's got to be, right? The five points were scored and I, I don't know, it felt like at least 15 or 20 or 30 penalties in the first half. There was a lot, a lot of flags getting thrown out there. In any event, we're watching that. We're, the Yankees are on. You know, It's a busy sports year, busy time of the year in the world of sports. So you got the uh, MLB playoffs going on. You got the hockey season just getting started. You've got, I know, nobody cares about hockey. People are like, the hockey? They're, they're not on strike anymore? Yeah, I know. Believe it or not, the hockey is going on right now. Uh, there's a new team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Very exciting. Anyway, uh, hockey's going on. The NBA is getting cranked up here. Pretty soon they're having their preseason right now. So... Uh, and the NFL's going, so that was good. And then Sunday, I watched the Arizona Cardinals absolutely get destroyed by the Philadelphia Eagles. And what you're noticing here is I'm talking about football, and I haven't yet brought up the goddamn national anthem or somebody taking a knee. I'm actually talking sports. I'm actually talking about football, which is what we should be talking about. Granted, the NFL is so concerned about how bad the ratings are, and, and they are bad. They're down again this week. Uh, the lowest Sunday night football ratings in a long time. Uh, the Monday night ratings were really bad. Um, and traditionally, Bears-Vikings is a decent rated game uh, through the years, but I, both teams are terrible, and it was it was really unwatchable. If you didn't have money on that game, or if you weren't a fan of either team, there's no reason for you to watch that. And I'm just going to make this public service announcement right now. If you did put money on the Bears-Vikings Monday night game, get help. You have a gambling problem. If you're betting on that game, of all the games played this weekend, if you're betting on that game, man, you've got a, <laughs> you've got a serious addiction. There's no question about it. 
Anyway, if the NFL is so concerned about the ratings, they really ought to just take a look at the product on the field. That's the bottom line. Because the ratings were going down somewhat before all of this Colin Kaepernick and National Anthem crap started a couple of years ago. The product in the field was terrible. Remember, they talked about expanding to 18 games just a few years ago. And most everyone just rolled their eyes at that idea. You already have these guys that have short careers anyway. 99% of them have severe brain injuries after their career is over or as they get older. So what? We're going to extend the season two more games? I mean, that was the ultimate hubris from the NFL. It really was. And then to exacerbate the problem... Then they put this mediocre product in the field. Then they have the protests, which, of course, accelerated the downtrend in the ratings. Now, I don't care about the protests. You want to protest? Fine by me. I do not care. I was just tired of hearing about it. But I'm fine with the protests. What I'm not fine with is the fact that, look, this thing was about to go away. These protests, the talk about it, the buzz on social media was going away. The announcers during the games were talking about it less. And this thing was starting to fizzle out at least a little bit. It was, you know, running its course like anything does. Any protest, any social trend, any of this nonsense. It runs its course and then it's gone. And this thing was on the decline, man. It was almost over with. And then Mike Pence, yes, the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, had to stick his nose in. You might remember he's actually the vice president. I know we all talk about Donald Trump and he grabs all the attention, among other things that he likes to grab. But Mike Pence is right there, scary enough, frighteningly enough, he is in the shadows uh, waiting in the lurch. And so he got involved in the controversy when he flew to Indianapolis on Sunday, decided to show up for a Colts game. And then as soon as, I believe they were playing the 49ers, and as soon as some of the uh, Niners players kneeled, he walked out. And this was obviously a staged event. Some people are questioning whether or not it was. It was clearly because he told some of the reporters outside that wanted to follow him in, because, of course, he's always followed by reporters. Uh, one of his people told him, no, he'll be right back out. He's not going to be in there very long. And sure enough, he wasn't. The Colts rolled out the red carpet for the guy. You know, the former governor of Indiana, he's coming back to his home state. He's going to check out uh, a Colts game. And the Colts thought he was you know, going to stay there and hang out and it would be a good thing for the Colts. And instead, he gets up and leaves. That's bad enough. But the reason he left, of course, is because he's he just will not be a part of anything where players are kneeling down, and um, which is silly. But I have a problem with his actions. I don't have a problem with NFL players protesting. Now, he says it's a protest. And I know I can already see the email coming in from people. Mike, what's wrong with the vice president protesting? If the players are allowed to protest, what's wrong with the vice president doing it? Because the vice president costs the taxpayers of this country $250,000 at least to participate in this stupid protest, in quotes, this publicity stunt, this clear move just to show and to galvanize the base, whatever the hell base Donald Trump even has. I don't even know who's a supporter anymore. Uh, I have no idea. But anyway, whatever base this guy has, uh, they wanted to galvanize. And so that was clearly the intention of that move. If Mike Pence was a really good leader, if he was somebody that cared about what was going on and wanted to take interest, he would have gone down to the locker room maybe or had a sit down with some of these players and said, hey, man, you know, what's your beef here? Why is it that you guys are protesting? I'd really like to know. Let's have a conversation about it. 
But he didn't do that. He just wanted to make his little statement, his little show up, spend a bunch of time and money and effort. And then, of course, all the security detail that's needed. And he inconvenienced a bunch of the fans that were there, a bunch of Colts fans, because obviously there was massive delays getting in, massive delays getting out, uh, all sorts of problems that were created by, well, anytime a, a major political figure shows up anywhere, there's obviously going to be some issues. And so he created that by just being there. But it would have been at least excusable had he stayed for the game or had he talked to the players. I'll tell you what, I'd be singing the praises of Mike Pence today if he did just what I said. If he went down there and tried to talk to some players and figure out what their grievances are and maybe resolve the issue. But of course he's not going to do that. This administration is not about conflict resolution. In fact, they're about inflaming conflict and making sure that their base is galvanized and making sure that divisiveness holds strong. Uh, this has been a theme that's gone on. And believe me when I tell you, I was not a fan of Barack Obama. I was not a fan of George Bush. But I will tell you right now, I have not seen this kind of pandering to the stupid that I am seeing right now in this administration. It is mind-bending how bad it's become. When you have the President of the United States challenging his Secretary of State to an IQ test, and some people say that was a joke, it sure as hell didn't sound like a joke. And I don't think Donald Trump is capable of telling jokes. I think we've established that very clearly. Uh, there is a clear pattern of behavior that shows that Donald Trump is incapable of telling jokes. Unless they're written for him by somebody else. And even then, uh, the delivery needs a lot of work. I am very concerned about what's happening here. So this is just another stupid thing done. And I know it's not earth-shattering. I know it's not life-threatening what Mike Pence did. It's just another example of the tone-deaf nature of this administration. And I don't have any... I don't have any dog in the fight in terms of the protests necessarily as far as do I, I look, I don't think it's disrespectful to the anthem. I think that's your first amendment, right? It's respectful to the constitution. It's respectful to the first amendment. You can do what you like. You know, it's a free country. Now, if your employer says don't do it or you'll get fired, well, you can still do it legally, but you might get fired. Or you might find yourself facing sanction. And that's exactly what the NFL might be doing as a result of all this. Since I'm on the topic of sports anyway, I might as well get into this. Uh, as I mentioned, the Arizona Cardinals lost over the weekend 34-7 to the Philadelphia Eagles. They fall to 2-3 uh, and three on the season. And leave it to the local sports media here in Phoenix and a lot of the sports talk show hosts and everything to try and put some sort of positive spin on this and sit here and talk about how the Cardinals are still going to the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? That was my reaction when I heard the local sports guys talking about the Cardinals going to the playoffs. I don't know what they think they know that the national guys don't because almost every single national sports writer or talking head out there has talked about how Carson Palmer is done for the last year and a half, which he is, uh, and how the Cardinals have absolutely no offensive line. Their receivers, sure, they have Larry Fitzgerald, but he's in the twilight of his career, and the rest of the receiving core is pretty bad. 
And while the defense is okay, there is no way that this team is going to the playoffs in the eyes of just about every national writer, every national sports guy. But all the local guys here, oh, no, the Cardinals are going to the playoffs. Oh, and they got Adrian Peterson. Yes, they got Adrian Peterson, and everyone here is excited about it. And, um, well, I would say this. I'd be very excited if Adrian Peterson also came packaged with a time machine because you'd need to go back about 10 years because that's when the Cardinals had the opportunity to draft him, and they didn't. So there's that. Or they could maybe go back to 2009 or 10 or 12. Hell, even two years ago, the guy led the league in rushing. But the Adrian Peterson you're getting now is not going to be that effective. Um, he, His last year in Minnesota, he wasn't very good. Uh, he had no offensive line. He had no one blocking for him. In New Orleans, he was a malcontent. He was upset with the coach, with the play calling. He was upset with his teammates. And so he was not very well liked there. So he's going to come here to virtually the same situation in terms of an offensive system. And he's probably going to fail here just as well. And, of course, the local suckwad sports media is like, oh, but no, they're going to make the playoffs. Come on, guys. Let's have some realism, okay? It seems like the qualifications for getting a job in sports talk radio or being the president of the United States are actually a lot lower than what I had previously thought. Clearly, they're about the same, actually. Just waiting for some of these sports guys to start calling each other morons. Oh, that already happens, actually. So, who knows? All right, we've got the Vegas story going on. The, the situation in Las Vegas, this story continues to unravel in a very weird direction. And I have to tell you, before we go anywhere, I know uh, that I am going to sound like an Alex Jones conspiracy theorist guy. But there's a lot of things about the story going on in Las Vegas right now that just do not add up. And the story that was reported initially and the way it has unfolded and now the story that's being told in the media is very puzzling, to say the least, because we're getting inconsistent messages every day from the Las Vegas police. Uh, now we're getting different stories from the FBI. And I just have way too many questions and I don't know what the answers are. I'm not trying to say uh, like some of these wacko sites are saying false flag and all this other stuff. I'm not saying that, but I am saying I have some very legitimate questions that so far haven't been answered. Like, for example, the story now is that this security guard that got shot outside of Stephen Paddock's room occurred at 9.59 p.m. That would be seven minutes before the shooting started when Stephen Paddock allegedly shot out of his uh, Mandalay Bay hotel room on the 32nd floor into the crowd of 22,000 attending the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival. I really I really have questions about this because uh, if this guy was indeed shot in the leg, supposedly Stephen Paddock poured like 200 rounds through the wall and through his door out into the hallway because he had some camera system rigged up. He saw a security guard out there, so he shot like 200 rounds. He hit this guy once in the leg. That's it. And then the guy um, didn't call for help, apparently, because there is no 911 call from the security of the Mandalay Bay out there at all. There's nothing. There is no 911 call from the Mandalay Bay from the security. So if this occurred seven minutes before Stephen Paddock started shooting, why is there no 911 call? Why were there no other security that came up there right away? 
How come the only people that did come up, I guess a maintenance guy came up there about 20 minutes later to help this security guard. And this security guard only got shot once in the leg before the incident happened? I don't buy it. I don't buy that. There's a lot of other things I don't buy either. We have all these leaked photos that are out there. And every leaked photo I've seen, and of course the Las Vegas police say that these leaked photos are legitimate. They're pissed off about the fact that they got out and they say that whoever did that uh, could be charged with obstruction of justice and spend quite a bit of time in jail for doing so, but these leaked photos are out. And if these are in fact true, I have a few questions. Like number one, where are all the shell casings? Like, if you fire as many rounds from these guns that Stephen Paddock fired, where in the hell are the thousands, what, there should be 2,000 shell casings on the ground? I mean, there should be a bunch of them. And they should have left some serious marks. Okay, maybe the police cleaned them up. Fine. Then where the hell are the burns in the floor? I mean, those shell casings come out pretty hot. They're going to leave some marks in the, in the carpeting, are they not? You leave some marks on the floor. You throw a barrel down, you're, you're firing a gun. Those barrels are going to get hot. They're going to leave some marks on the floor. There's going to be a lot of smoke in that room. Even with the windows shot out, there's going to be a lot of smoke in that room. It's going to be pretty hard to breathe and fire a weapon if you're shooting for, what, 12 minutes? That's how long this Stephen Paddock was shooting? You know, I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist here, but there are these are legitimate questions that are being asked, and we are not getting a consistent story from the Las Vegas police about this. And we still don't know why it took 72 minutes to respond to this situation. 72 minutes. You know, that's on the Las Vegas Strip. I mean, that is, uh, this is a big deal. There should have been police presence down there for this music festival. So why did it take 72 minutes for them to get down there to go four or 500 yards across the street and up into this room? Um, I'm saying I, I don't know what happened. I have no idea. I'm not here to say that this is that this didn't happen. It did happen. There are five dozen people that are dead. There are 500 plus people that are injured. There are lives that are forever changed. And the landscape of the city of Las Vegas, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, this this is changed. OK, so I'm not trying to take away anything from what happened. And I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious that went on here other than. Stephen Paddock went nuts and shot people. But it just, when you put it all together, there's just things that don't quite make sense. Like a guy that's a got a completely clean criminal record and is 64 years old suddenly breaks the mold of every single stereotype we know about mass shooters and goes out there and just lays waste to hundreds of people for no apparent reason whatsoever. Uh, there was there was a report that he was on psychotropic medication, which would have helped me to believe this story a little bit better, but apparently that's not true. Or at least there is significant question about that, the validity of that story. Uh, so there's things that are being reported, and then those reports are retracted, or it turns out that they're not true. So this is a very fluid story, and one that I have a lot of interest in here. And I know it sounds weird and it sounds like I'm being one of these Alex Jones conspiracy guys or these anti 9-11, you know, guys, these people that the truth, man, we need the truth. I, I'm not about that. OK, I I'm willing to to accept things at face value, but it's got to be somewhat believable. And then I, I've seen other people that have had questions about this as well, about an AR-15's range. 
and that uh, this the Mandalay Bay, uh, the 32nd floor, this is more than 400 yards away from the music festival that was taking place. But I think it, uh, an AR-15, I think, has a range of about 600 yards, if I'm not mistaken. He was using 223 ammunition. Um, so I'm guessing that this thing had range of about five, 600 yards. But I don't know about that either. But I'm thinking there was another shooter as well. And I think maybe this security guard that was up there, maybe he was in on it. I don't know, because when the there's a, a video someplace where some people are talking about this and you hear two shots at the very end of this. You hear one shot and then you hear another shot. And supposedly this Stephen Paddock shot himself and killed himself, which I don't know if I believe that. Maybe he did. But we hear two shots. So what was the second shot that we heard? You know, you usually only shoot yourself once and then that's it. Uh, usually you don't shoot yourself again five seconds later because, you know, generally speaking, you're dead. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about it. I, I know it sounds weird. It sounds like I'm being one of those guys, but I think these are completely legitimate issues. And you know what? Maybe, maybe this will all just resolve itself and maybe we'll find out what the real story is. But there's a lot of things that just don't seem to add up, like how nobody noticed this guy bringing up 23 assault rifles over the span of a week that he was there. Because we also found out that the date that he checked in, it was initially reported he checked in on the Thursday before this festival. Actually, he checked in on the Monday. He checked in on September the 25th. So again, you know, the, the details of the story that were originally reported and the revised details are different. And I'm just wondering why we're getting a different story now. And at this point, I'm just asking questions. I'm not drawing any conclusions because I really don't know. And this could all just come out in the wash and we could have reasonable explanations for all of it. But I really think the story that we're being told right now is a bunch of bullcrap. Because the story that the police are telling about this security guard and about what was found and about the time that Stephen Paddock checked in and all these other details, either they were lying about it last week or they're lying about it this week or they're completely incompetent. And I'm not here to say these guys are Keystone cops. I think the Las Vegas police are professionals. But something is amiss here. Something is just not making sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm just a dumb talk show host, it's probably not making sense to you either. So... What do I know? Maybe somebody will email me and set me straight, too. Maybe I just am missing something. Hey, I'm not saying I'm the brightest guy. But I'll tell you what, I'll challenge you to an IQ test anytime. All right, when we continue, a crazy law in California. Actually, it's not that surprising given that it's California. Plus, we'll check the pop chart and a whole lot more still to come. You're listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Available everywhere at michaelgroff.com.
It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show on a Wednesday, October the 11th, 2017. And California has done it. And I'm sure there's going to be backlash from this. So I don't know if you've heard about this bill that was passed yet, but California health workers who, quote, willfully and repeatedly declined to use a senior transgender patient's preferred name or pronoun could face punishments ranging from a fine to jail time under a newly signed law. So uh, those of you who are not cool with uh, transgender people, you better figure it out real quick in California, especially if you're a healthcare worker charged with taking care of them because Governor Jerry Brown has signed the bill into law and the sponsor, who's Democratic State Senator Scott Weiner, he's arguing that there is no way that anybody is actually going to be criminally prosecuted for using the wrong pronoun. Quote, it's just more scare tactics by people who oppose all LGBT civil rights and protections. But the language in this bill seemingly allows for at least the possibility to exist for prosecution, however remote it may be. Now, the bill itself is aimed at protecting transgender and other LGBT individuals in hospitals, retirement homes, and assisted living facilities. The bill also helped to uh, ensure uh, those facilities accommodate transgender people and their needs, including letting them decide which gender-specific bathroom they prefer to use. This is a topic that's going to get worked over the coals quite a bit over the next several days and weeks and months. I'm sure there's going to be a constitutionality challenge on this bill at some point. I really am totally fine with LGBT folks. I'm fine with gay marriage. I'm fine with transgender I just don't care. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're people just like anybody else. So I don't see what the big deal is uh, with calling a person that changes their gender by whatever they want to be called. I, I think that's just respect. But unfortunately, there's uh, quite a fair number of people in this society that are not as open-minded about it. And they don't want to be forced by the hand of government to acknowledge your gender change or whatever gender you identify as. And it's very dangerous when you start forcing people to do that by law. And there's going to certainly be some backlash as a result of that. I hope not, but California has done it again. This is, I don't know, this is a law that I don't think really needed to be passed. Is there a significant abuse going on to transgender people in hospitals? Hey, if they're being abused, if they're being neglected, if their care is being neglected, then yes, obviously there needs to be oversight done but I don't know I just think with all the things going on right now maybe this is not the most important issue uh, even though again personally hey I'm fine with it I'm fine with the law but I, I also understand where there could be problems and I know for a fact that there are going to be people that have a problem here as well all right uh, Steve Wynn Oh, I was waiting for this. Steve Wynn, the casino mogul, has chimed in about uh, Vegas and what's happened. He actually did this last week. This is a story that's been sitting on my desk for a little while, so I'm sorry for getting to it now. But uh, Steve Wynn says that uh, Stephen Paddock would have never had the opportunity to do what he did in his hotels. Uh, you know, this is one of those guys, the whole hindsight is 2020 and not in my hotel kind of thing because he says that 
Room service routinely comes around, and if you don't open your door for 12 hours, if you put out your do not disturb sign, that raises all kinds of red flags. Also, room service, he says, is vigilant, and they report anything suspicious that they may encounter. Um, So there's always that. That's what Steve Wynn claims. You know, everybody's going to be a hero. Everybody would have known exactly what's up after the fact. Of course. Of course, it wouldn't have happened in your hotel. It won't happen in your hotel until, of course, it does happen. Uh, Here's an interesting article from yesterday that's in the Washington Post. And this is something that I think is very telling. And this is, uh, the headline kind of says it all. Increasingly, Donald Trump is a president without a party. And I sort of talked about this off the top of the show. No Republican votes to spare in the Senate regarding this, uh, the health care. And I think the health care reform that he wants to put out is over with. And even the, the tax reform, I don't think that's going to go anywhere either. And now John, John McCain, you know, he doesn't like Donald Trump and he's feuded with Trump. You have Bob Corker, who's in a feud with Donald Trump. And you have, uh, you have Rand Paul, who's not necessarily in a feud, but says there's no way that he's going to sign this. So you've got Donald Trump in feuds with all these people and the Republican Party. There is definitely an increasing rift in the party uh, regarding Donald Trump. And I think there are people that are doing their best to try and distance themselves from this guy. Uh, They see it as this is a colossal disaster. And there's becoming (laughs) almost no question about it now. Um Donald Trump, I know he has the support of a lot of the right-wing talking heads. Um, At least many of them out there are still supporting the guy. Uh, And I know that I think sometimes they like that. They like when the rest of the party distances themselves and when Democrats distance themselves and when moderates or people in the middle like myself, the radical middle, we distance ourselves from Donald Trump. They like that because now he's... he's, uh, He's part of the conservative outside, you know. He's uh, he's dangerous. He's he's a maverick. He's a rebel. I don't know. Some of the, I, I guess we could just call them hipster Republicans that think that they're just like above everything else because they're not part of the mainstream anymore. And de- definitely, Donald Trump and the supporters are not part of the mainstream anymore. So he's and you know he's backed. Um, and I, I just forgot the name of the. Uh, there was a primary. They had this primary in Alabama and he backed Donald Trump backed the losing candidate there Uh, so people you know even Republicans are not necessarily taking Trump's endorsement very seriously anymore Um, he's definitely losing his grip on the Senate I don't know the the question that they're asking here is how independent can Donald Trump become I mean how far out there on the limb can he go before the limb just breaks off completely Uh, I, I think Sometimes if if Donald Trump were not Donald Trump, if he were not the bombastic asshole that he is, I think this would be a good thing for the country. If he was a guy that was out there distancing himself from the mainstream that has screwed this country over, the mainstream Democrats and Republicans, if he was that guy, if he wasn't, you know, the quite frankly, I'm the greatest president ever. I'm just doing a great job. I'm the most persecuted president that's ever been in the history of the United States. And realistically, we all know why that is. It's because everyone wants to say something bad about Trump. If he wasn't the guy that referred to himself in the third person all the time, if he wasn't any of those things, I would actually be kind of okay with the fact that he's out there kind of on his own and distancing himself from the mainstream. 
But as it is right now, um, the reason he's out there is because he's loony. Republicans are seeing it. Democrats have seen it the whole time. He's he's just way off the deep end on almost every topic. You know, when you have a guy who's in there and fighting with the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, after they've been devastated by a major hurricane, actually a couple of hurricanes have have just done incredible devastation to the island. You know, rather than just saying, you know, I'm whatever you guys need, I'll help you. He's getting into Twitter fights. You know, when he's getting into Twitter fights with everybody, when he's having an argument with his secretary of state where they're calling each other stupid, no, I'm not, we'll have an IQ test. When that goes on, you know that there's a problem and you know that there's a rift in the party and this is going to, I think it's going to seriously damage the Republican Party and certainly it's going to damage Trump's chances of getting anything done uh, in his time in office and that's probably a good thing, really. Do we really want uh, a, a giant wall built along the southern border? Is that something that we really want in this country? I, I always tell you, we don't need a wall. We just need to amend the laws that we have in this country. We just need to change a few things. We need to make it so that it's it's easier for people who are already here, you know, these dreamers and all this other stuff, it's easier for those people to become citizens, and it's harder for people that come here illegally to become citizens uh, and that they have to go through the normal channels like anybody else. I'm all for enforcing our immigration laws. You know, if somebody comes over the border, we should just be able to kick them right out before they even really get in here and be able to set up a life for themselves. Of course, that's fine. We don't need a giant wall. Giant wall is nothing. It's meaningless. Uh, It's it's just uh, 2,000 miles of land pollution. I mean, because you build a giant wall, people just climb right over it. Let me ask you an honest question right now. A Mexican guy that wants to come into this country or any, from anywhere, whether they're from Central America, whatever, do you think a person that's willing to walk across a desert in 110 degree heat in June and July cares about a friggin' 10 foot wall? Do you think people that are willing to walk hundreds or even thousands of miles to get into the United States illegally through any means necessary, do you think they're going to give a crap about a little wall that they have to climb? Of course not. It is the silliest gesture I've ever seen in my life. It's not going to stop anything because it's not like, what are we going to do? Are we going to put guards every 50 feet? We can have gun turrets up there shooting people that try to climb over the walls. It's going to be like East Germany, West Germany. Is that what this is going to be like? Because if that's the case, maybe that you got something. Maybe, of course, you had something that's pretty frightening, but you'd at least have a, a means to keep people out. But this is just a giant bunch of pollution along the southern border. This is a great big waste of concrete and billions of dollars that it would take to, to build this. Probably about $10 billion. Probably more, actually, because... Anytime they give you an estimate of how much something is going to cost, you you usually can at least tack on 30 to 50% to the cost of it. That's how much the real price would be. But the whole thing goes back to, yes, this article in the Washington Post, this is good. Donald Trump is, in fact, uh, a president without a party. No question. Let's uh, lighten it up just a little bit here, I guess. Sort of. Has anyone ever used Airbnb? I guess it's one of those things. It's a service where... You can rent out a room in your house or maybe your entire property or whatever to people that want to come and stay there and for a night or a week or a month or a year, whatever. And they, um, you know, works just kind of like, um, it's kind of like Uber for housing, I guess, you know, and you want to stay someplace, you just sign up and uh, you can stay at someone's place. 
you know? And I think it's kind of creepy. I've never really been into the idea of doing that. It just sounds like there's too much that could go wrong. I'm a little bit paranoid about that, but... Uh, well, here's why. Uh, there's a a guy in Longboat Key, Florida, who was doing just that. He was renting out uh, a, a place that he owned, listed it up there on a Airbnb, and there was an Indiana man and his wife that was staying at this place. And during their stay, the man noticed something odd about one of the smoke detectors in his room. So he looked up, he checked it out, and sure enough, there's a little tiny camera and microphone that was in the smoke detector. And it was recording everything that was going on in the bedroom. And this apparently had been going on for a long time. So, of course, the police were called. The police say, quote, we did have an opportunity to investigate what was on the SD card. And there was a couple of different people in there. The homeowner, Wayne Nett, he was arrested and charged with video voyeurism. Who knew that was a crime? Nat lives in the unit when it's not booked. And he says that the cameras are for his personal use and are not activated when guests are present. Oh, sure. So uh, they're wondering, they're trying to track down anybody else that's ever stayed there now. So uh, if you stayed uh, at this place, uh, Wayne Nat's place. Ooh, this guy looks creepy. They have a picture of him in here. Ooh, I <laughs> that says, yeah, if you ever rent from a guy that looks like that, you better just expect that he's going to be watching you on his laptop in the shower while he's beating off. I'm sure that that is exactly what's going on. That is That face says exactly what that's all about. Ooh, boy. All right. Well, that keeps me off Airbnb forever. Thanks a lot, news. Uh, next, a 21-year-old Chinese woman went blind in one eye after playing a popular mobile game called Honor of Kings nonstop for 21 hours. Man, what is it? Chinese and Koreans, they love these video games, man. They love online games. They love uh, PC games, all these things. They just play nonstop until... Until they die or go blind. She was diagnosed on Wednesday morning with retinal artery occlusion in her right eye at a hospital. Apparently, her parents were driving around to several area hospitals in the Nanchang district, and they couldn't find one that was able to properly determine the cause. Why is China's Honor of Kings such a popular game? Well, apparently, it's all about communication. That's uh, a big deal, I guess, for the Chinese. I don't know. They include that in the story. And a doctor was quoted as saying that retinal eye occlusion is a condition associated with mostly elderly people. It's rarely seen in the young, but it can occur when someone puts themselves through tremendous eye strain. When questioned by reporters about the cause of her blindness, the woman said that it was probably caused by playing the game for too long. 21 straight hours. Quote, on days when I have no work, I usually get up at 6 a.m., eat breakfast, and play till 4 p.m., she said. Then I'll eat something, have a nap, and play until 1 a.m. Man, that is quite an exciting life going on there. Man, playing a mobile game for 21 hours. Are you kidding? I love my phone and everything, but there is no way I would be able to play a mobile game. I don't even play any as it is uh, because they're just too hard for me to see and too hard for me to do anything with on my phone. I just... I don't know. I've certainly done some text messaging with people and stuff at night. And I I know that I have been on my phone for a prolonged period of time before reading stuff and whatnot. But I just, after like a half hour or an hour, I tap out. I couldn't imagine waking up at 6 a.m. and being on my phone till 4 playing a game. 
taking a short nap, eating, and then doing it again till 1 a.m. Is there anything you've ever been able to do for 21 straight hours? Sure, as a kid, I played video games for several hours at a time, 8, 10, 12 hours perhaps. Even then, you still get up and go to the bathroom. Maybe you go outside because you're still a kid after all. You know, your attention can't stay that focused for that long, I don't think. Well, mine could, but again, I was weird. But 21 hours, no way. All right, I got to take a break. We've got a backloaded third segment coming up, including a check of the pop chart, which we haven't done yet here in 2017. Uh, Maybe music has improved. I don't know. I haven't listened to it yet, so I have no idea. You're going to hear it as I hear it. So this is going to be, uh, (laughs) this could be scary. But I'm telling you right now, maybe music has gotten better. Listen, I am a much improved person. I am a much more positive person than the cynical asshole you have come to know and love over the years. Uh, Normally, there are zero good songs in the pop chart. But today, I'm going to call my shot. I'm actually going to go ahead and say there's at least one tolerable song on the chart. And again, I swear, I haven't listened yet, so I don't know. We'll see. Plus, as I do this podcast, I'm sitting here watching the Cubs game. I probably shouldn't be doing this. I probably shouldn't be watching baseball. But it's playoff baseball. It's the NLDS. Nationals have a one to nothing lead in the bottom of the seventh over the Chicago Cubs. Cubs lead the series two games to one. We'll see how this goes. But um, right now, man, the Cubs, just another weekly hit ball by the Chicago Cubs this game. They are just doing nothing at the plate. All right. uh, We will be back. More coming up. Sadly, it's the best podcast available. You're listening listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. of the last segment and we were talking about being open-minded and again I want to reiterate that I do consider myself to be pretty open-minded maybe I'm not maybe you won't think I am after this but I came across this article in the break and I I'm not sure what's going on the world has gone completely mad here we go boy scouts will admit girls allow them to earn eagle scout rank that's the headline I don't even know what to make of that. Sometimes I think I am glad that my dad is not alive anymore because he would probably have a cardiac arrest if he saw that kind of thing. And I wouldn't blame him. Look, I get it. Inclusion and all that kind of stuff. I understand. But it's the Boy Scouts, for God's sake. Look, I'll I'll tell you what. Do you think the Girl Scouts are going to suddenly admit a, a male, a boy? Do you think there's going to be a boy among the Girl Scouts? Of course not. It's not going to happen because that's the way society works. For some reason, it's okay. Like if a woman wanted to play in the NBA, that's fine. If a man wants to play in the WNBA, that's just weird and you're just an asshole. 
if um, if a, a, a woman wanted to play in Major League Baseball, that's fine. But if a dude wants to go play in, in women's softball, nope, that is not acceptable. I don't get that double standard. I never have. I never will. You can try to explain it to me a million times, and I'm just not going to understand it. This is where I kind of draw the line, and I say, well, the Boy Scouts are meant for boys. The Girl Scouts are meant for girls. There's no crossover. My understanding of the Boy Scouts, at least when I was briefly in it as a child, was that you were, it was to turn you into a man. It was to help make you a man, whatever that means. Uh, Good citizenship and survival skills and whatever else the hell they did in the Boy Scouts. I wasn't around, I wasn't in it long enough to really make that much of a difference. I was in it for a couple of years and that was about, and I was barely in it even at that. It was one of those things my parents kind of made me do for a while and I was just kind of like, you know what, man? Not really interested. You know, my brother did it for a few years. Um, I don't know if he ever made Eagle Scout, but he was in it for, for a while. I remember he went on the camping trips with like my dad and my dad was like one of those scout parents, you know, that kind of thing. I, I was not into that, really. I was too busy playing video games and riding my bike and watching cartoons. It just was not something that was ever interesting to me. That's the point of the Boy Scouts is to, is to make you into a man, I guess, or at least partially. I don't get it. I mean, I guess I'm just not forward thinking enough. I'm not modern I, I just think I hear the name Boy Scouts and I think, oh, I guess that's for boys. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not politically correct. So can you forgive me? Oh, right. I don't care. Never mind. All right. And speaking of things that baffle the mind, we haven't done this yet in 2017. So let's go. It's time to take a look at the pop chart. These are the top 10 songs in the world of mainstream top 40 music as determined by the fine folks over there at Billboard. I have not heard any of these songs yet. Uh, Maybe I've run across them someplace. I just don't know them. Uh, Just looking over this list, I have no idea who these artists are for the most part. I know a couple of them, but... Now, this is the more optimistic side of me, uh, where normally I would expect to see absolutely no decent songs at all on this list, but now I've called my shot for this segment. I predict at least one song will be marginally tolerable. All right, here we go. Number 10, French Montana featuring, what is this, Sway Lee, Swally. Uh, This is called Unforgettable. Terrible. All right, number nine, it's Sean Mendez holding me back. But actually, there's nothing holding me back. I want to follow where she goes. I think about her and she knows it I wanna let it take control Cause every time that she gets closer She pulls me in enough to keep me guessing mm-hmm. And maybe I should stop and stop 
I mean, I guess it's tolerable. I... It's not something I would ordinarily listen to. It's better than the other song, though. All right, this is uh, number eight. Uh, okay, well, this is Logic. Featuring Alicia Cara and Khalid. This is uh, the title of this song is 1 800 273 8255. That's really the title. All right. I don't know. I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Who can relate? I've been on a low I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive oh, More depressing pop music But that's just what we want I just wanna die I don't wanna be alive I don't wanna be alive Based on what I'm hearing, I'm guessing 1-800-273-8255, which if I, if I remember right, 8255 would spell talk. I'm guessing this is like a suicide hotline number. All right, if I keep listening to this song, I'm going to blow my brains out. All right, number seven, Cheat Codes featuring Demi Lovato, No Promises. music they have on at some of those trendy places in Scottsdale. All right, number six. It's a double shot of Demi. Here's Demi Lovato. Sorry, not sorry. Now I'm out here looking like revenge, feeling like a 10, the best I ever been. And yeah, I know how bad it must hurt to see me like this, but it gets now you're out here looking like regret Ain't too proud to beg Second chance you'll never get And yeah, I know how bad I don't get the Demi Lovato thing She had that song Confident And that was kind of like, alright She's it's kind of alright Singing about whips and chains and stuff But this is uh, Can't have this, can't have this And it'd be nice to me to take it easy yeah. Alright, number five Portugal the Man I don't uh, make these titles up. This is called Feel It Still. 
I don't make up these artist names, I guess. Anybody sing at all manly? Is there no rock out there that's popular right now? I mean, I know this is the top mainstream top 40 chart. I get it, but isn't there any crossover? Does every... Is every song femme? Ugh. All right. Charlie Puth is number four. With attention. Whoa. Mm. Oh, I hate it already. You've been running around, running around, running around, throwing that dirt all on my name. Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd call you up. You've been going around, going around, going around every party in LA. Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd be at one. Oh. I know that. And just very Man, what happened to Bubblegum Pop? Tell you what The last few years The pop chart has just had a bunch of depressed We actually have a, a song on the pop chart With a suicide number on it At least I think that's what it is Oh, that is just awful all right, moving on. The very overrated Taylor Swift is at number three with Look What You Made Me Do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. I didn't think Taylor Swift could do worse than she's done recently, but here we go. I don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me. I'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams. I don't trust nobody and nobody. I'm sure she's gonna repeat this part a lot. This is supposed to be the Taylor Swift that's harder and I guess she's having a feud with Katy Perry for some reason. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard about that. How is the old Taylor dead? This sounds exactly like the old Taylor. Repetitive. Anyway, number two <clears throat> is, uh, what is this? Nayal Horan Slow Hands. Here we go. 
What is he singing this in the next room? I'm way over here. I'm singing the song, everybody. I'm just wondering if we're going to get any upbeat kind of songs that aren't all angry and just kind of I'm, I'm missing the bubblegum pop I'm actually kind of missing Lady Gaga at this point that's how sad this has gotten and that takes us up to the number one song and I don't have my drum roll I don't know where it is uh, if I had it I would play it In lieu of the drum roll, we do have this old sound effect, though. Hang on. Let's see if I can... Uh... All right. Here we go. We have this. Number one. Number one. The number one song in the pop chart this week, the mainstream top 40 chart, Liam Payne featuring Quavo. This is called Strip That Down. Huncho. Taking some time and I've been keeping to myself I had my eyes upon the prize Ain't watching anybody else But you love it, hit me hard Girl, yeah, you're bad for my health I love the cards that I've been dealt Do you feel the same as well? You know I used to be in one deep I'm a freak People want me for one thing That's not me I'm not changing the way that I all right, kind of sounds like all the other ones There you go, that's your pop chart Liam Payne Featuring Quavo with Strip That Down, the number one song in the country. All right, the Cubs lost today. Wade Davis gives up a grand slam. Not really his fault. He came in with the bases loaded, but there you go. Uh, the Cubs lose. Uh, looks like five to nothing. And the Yankees are taking on the Indians tonight, looking to come back from the dead. And we'll see if they can win the series. And whoever wins the series, of course, they go on to play Houston on Friday. Oh, I almost forgot to do a feature here. Just about skipped right over this. Well, you just heard the number one song on the pop chart, of course. Liam Payne featuring Quavo and all that and how depressing the pop chart is. And this is just another area where I always belabor the point about how music was better back in the day than it is now. And that's just fact. Can't really dispute it. Especially because let's turn back the clock a little bit for the song of the day. The zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Song of the day. This was the number one song on this date back in 1987. The week of October 10, 1987. We almost used this as an intro for the show for a while. It's White Snake. Here I go again. The zip code famous Michael Grav show. No, I don't.
Whitesnake for the zip code famous Michael Groff Show song of the day, the number one song on this date back in 1987, when in fact music was better than it is today. And there's just more evidence of that right there. Sorry, those are just facts. It's not fake news. Fake news. No, it's not. Although this might be right here. Let's uh, get into uh, everyone's favorite segment. Yes. Who gives a that the media wastes valuable newsprint megabytes and airtime reporting. Do you want me to give you my things I don't care about speech again? And the only question we're left asking is, who gives a fuck? It's our ongoing effort to expand the demographics of this program, and that's why I bring you information. We might even call it news, although that's a very loose term. We'll call it stuff that I may not necessarily care about, and you probably couldn't give a damn about, but somebody has to because... Well, the media just keeps pumping this kind of stuff out all over the place, whether it's TMZ, Entertainment Weekly, Entertainment Tonight, Vanity Fair, People, Us Weekly. I don't even know if half these things exist anymore, but they did at one point, so somebody still cares. Anyway, I believe this is called Screen Crash or one of these websites. They just did a list of the 25 worst sex scenes in movies. And I'll give you the top 10. Now, I haven't seen most of these movies. I, I, I was watching a couple of these before the show, a couple of these sex scenes. This one was probably, in my opinion, the worst. Number 10, Last Tango in Paris from 1973, directed by Bernardo Bartolucci. This is the one with the famous butter scene in it. This is where uh, Maria Schneider's character uh, is raped by Marlon Brando's character. And using a stick of butter for lubricant. I know you guys are getting hot and bothered just thinking about it. Uh, don't look it up. Just save your time. 70s softcore rape porn might sound enticing to you. And if it does... I don't know. You might want to call that number from earlier in the show. I don't know. Not so good. All right, number nine on the list, Howard the Duck. There's apparently a sex scene in the... I, I don't know. 1986. I remember the controversy surrounding it when I was a kid, but I never went back and watched. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded, number eight. I don't know about the worst sex scene, but I will tell you that they probably shouldn't have bothered with the other Matrix movies. The first Matrix was amazing. And then thereafter, I mean, I know that 25-minute fight scenes and car chase scenes and all of that is cool for some of the mouth breathers out there. And, you know, it's entertaining for a little while, but, man, I, I saw The Matrix Reloaded a couple of years ago again, and I just said, why Why did I sit through the theater? Why did I pay money to see this? That just doesn't make any sense. I know. I, the sex scene, who cares? I was, I was bored to death. The sex scene was about the only good thing about it, even if it was awkward. Number seven, Antichrist. From 2009, I never saw it, so. But they say it's pretty bad. Irreversible from 2002. Uh, number five on the worst sex scene list, Requiem for a Dream. That's a Darren Aronofsky film. Uh, they say that the number four, and I'll, I'd agree with this because I watched this one also. I didn't watch the whole movie, but I, I was looking at the video of this before the show. Fifty Shades of Grey. Women are going to have to explain this to me. 
All right. I, I've got to know what's so appealing about the Fifty Shades of Grey book. I've got to know what's so appealing about the movie. I watched this and I... Look, I... Uh, the Disney Channel has sexier scenes on it than, than this. Uh, I've seen... I don't know. I've seen ESPN have more sex scenes that were enticing than Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't get it. Women in the audience are going to have to explain this to me. It's just not. Someone's going to come back at me and go, did you say the Disney Channel has more sexy Listen, let's face it. Everyone that's been on the Disney Channel over the last 15 years, all the females that have uh, been on there, everyone that's come off of the Disney Channel, has, um, well, they've gone on to have much better real-life sex scenes and sex tapes than than anything in Fifty Shades of Grey. Number three, Avatar. I'd agree with that. Look, if you're going to Avatar for the sex scene, uh, you got a big problem on your hand there. The Room. From 2003, that's the number two movie for the least sexy scenes. And then um, the worst sex scene of all, they say The Watchmen from 2009, the Zack Snyder directed flick. That's where the they take off like their costumes and it's very awkward. And then like they cut to a scene of... Uh, the engines, the thrusters turning on and stuff. Is that is that the movie where that happens? That's really cheesy. All right, Jeopardy has a new champion right now that's going on. And of course, I don't know why it is, but every time Jeopardy has a guy that's been on for a few episodes, every time this happens now, people hate that contestant. Like Ken Jennings was a guy that most people seem to like and thought he was all right, but now they have this guy, Austin Rogers, who apparently is a dick. And um, he's won $394,700 in his 11 appearances, including $29,300 on Tuesday. And he apparently told the New York Daily News, quote, I'm a genius. I'm very smart. That sounds like Donald Trump. I'm a genius. I'm very smart. I'm going to win Jeopardy. Just going to keep out. Look, uh, my life is just a freeway. It's an expressway of green lights. Sorry, there's really nothing you could do to stop me, Alex Trebek. Bring any questions you want. Theocracy. Know it. Elizabethan English. I got it. The 19th century, I know all about it. Most of my philosophies come from there. My presidential philosophies, straight out of the 19... Straight out of the 19th century. (laughs) I just stole Grover Cleveland's inauguration speech. Huge. So apparently nobody likes this guy that's on there. He has a very cocky smile. I was just watching a a clip of it before uh, the show. And... uh, it is pretty amusing. I just like it when people don't like Jeopardy champions and they get jealous of these guys. Man. <laughs> Apparently, there's an Instagram star. Now, I don't know much about this. Um, 
I, I don't even know. Everyone makes a big deal about PewDiePie. I don't even know who that is. I just heard about PewDiePie a few days ago. Apparently, he's some kind of big deal on YouTube. So now the biggest star over there on Instagram has apparently... Well, I guess she accidentally turned on her app. Her name is uh, Kristen Hancher. Hancher. And she's a big deal on Instagram, if you know her. And I know people are like, how do you not know these people, Mike? I mean, you're all, you're in the internet business. You should know who these people are. Yeah, I don't care. I got better things to do than to watch some guy stream and play video games. Or if I want to... Listen, I'll play a video game. I'm not going to sit there and watch somebody do it. Give me a break. And I'm not going to watch somebody on Instagram. What does this chick do? Well, apparently what she does is she accidentally, I'm doing the air quotes, accidentally turned on her phone app, her Twitter app, or her uh, Instagram app, and accidentally fired up her phone and accidentally got caught having sex. And you could hear the audio and everything all over Instagram. Uh, Instagram star accidentally live streams herself having sex for three whole minutes. That's my entire sex session is three minutes. That's not just a portion of it. Three minutes. That's not. That's the sex session and that's the apology afterwards. Um, apparently she was enjoying some alone time with boyfriend Andrew Gregory. When somebody must have accidentally pressed record on her Instagram story. Right. Luckily, the camera was facing away from the couple, so there was no visuals to accompany the sounds. Well, that's the only thing anybody wants. I mean, the audio, whatever. Pretty sure you can go ahead and look for that on Pornhub. Sure, it's up there. Yeah, I accidentally turned it on. Okay, sure you did. All right. Now, I'm going to play you. We, You know, this has been a very music-heavy segment. I'm going to play you a song by an artist here. And I want you to see if you can identify it. Because uh, well, it's an artist that is, I was surprised to learn, still making music at the age of 58. And you might say, well, that's not so bad. I mean, Madonna's right around that age. Madonna's, what, about 59, 60. And she's still making what she likes to euphemistically call music. Well, this artist is making music, and she went in a very different direction. So we'll play a little of that here, and then I'll, I'll play you uh, something else that might help clue you in. But let's just sit back and enjoy some uh, some chanting kind of music from this artist. I know, right? Very strange. 
Hey, this is still better than anything on the pop chart. I don't want to hear anybody making fun of this right now. All right. She released, or I should say re-released or re-recorded one of her more popular songs. So you'll um, maybe have a clue who it is now. I was pretty surprised, though. Sounds all right. Not bad. I mean, look, none of us are going to sound the same as we did at in our 20s when we're in our late 50s. But it's not bad. Belinda Carlisle, everybody. Well, there you go. That's um, that's the latest from uh, Belinda Carlisle. So she's got a new album out. It's called Wilder Shores, and uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's just one of those things I came across. I saw it, and I said, you know, I, and this is yeah. This might be the uh, this might be in the who gives a f- segment, but uh, quite honestly. I don't know. I actually care about it. So there you go. There's uh, there's the latest from Belinda Carlisle. I was I was legitimately surprised. All right, what else is going on? Rush Hour Four. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's going to be happening. Those of you who have been clamoring for the next Rush Hour movie, so it's been ten years since Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker teamed up. I tapped out after about five minutes of Rush Hour. And I never went back. Never saw a sequel. Never bothered. Never cared. Was not interested. Don't bother me with that detail. I don't... um, That's just not my kind of thing. I know. You're learning a lot about me tonight. There's a lot of things that I'm not really into. And most of them are garbage. Uh, I don't know how anyone can sit and watch Rush Hour. If you paid me a hundred bucks, I probably couldn't sit through that. 
But look for that in theaters everywhere. Netflix is raising the price of their service by 10%. So now it's going to cost you 11 bucks a month. So you cheap bastards that do Netflix and chill, it's going to cost you a little bit more to be dateless. Uh, let's just do Netflix and chill. Um, hey, do you think we could go Dutch on the Netflix and chill? Yep, raising their now they just raised their price not that long ago. And when I started using Netflix, it was about six or seven bucks a month, and now it's it's ten. It's gonna be eleven. And the reason they're raising the price, by the way, is because they want to be able to compete with Hulu and Amazon and everybody else. And they don't feel that they can do that right now with their current price point. And I get it. So there you go. There's uh, the latest on that. And I think that's everything. I think we covered it all. So that's that's a riveting edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. I got to tell you something, man. Uh, this thing is, um, I would say it's flown by, but it, it's, I don't know if I'd call it flown by. It's, uh, you know, it's been one of those weird days. Uh, this is, we have a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in coming days, I'm sure, as well, with the Vegas stuff. We're going to learn a lot more about that. Um, I don't know where that story is going to go, and I know that uh, people are going to think I'm some sort of conspiracy kook. Although I was talking with one of my friends about this uh, just a little while ago, and I mean, he's largely in agreement with me about this, so... There are some unanswered questions. I know. It's going to be the Alex Jones show around here pretty soon. Uh, well, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions about this. And, 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 uh, and the globalists, so Alex is in an act. Well, uh, in my divorce uh, proceeding, I, I said it's an act, but but that's because the globalists are making me say that. All right. Anyway, uh, we're back very soon with another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Groffshow at gmail.com. That is the email address for this FOD program. It's groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groff on Twitter. Michael Groff Show. Actually, I believe it's The Michael Groff Show on Facebook. Um, and michaelgroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. If you want to go over there, check out our previous programs. Then I highly encourage you to do that. And, of course, you can donate to us. And you can go to groffshow at gmail.com on PayPal to donate to this fine program. Because, you know, you're just so happy. You're so elated. At the thought of me performing for you that you just can't help yourself but to donate. Uh, thank you so much for listening as always. Really do appreciate it. We'll be back next time with another edition of this fine radio program. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody.